time to screw the norms. To fit in, we often hide what's on our minds, who we really are, or who we want to be, or even what we want to do. But now you're having the right conversations. Here, we'll talk about sex, relationships, and mental health, and how they interact with each other and so many other aspects of life. Shame can't survive when we're honest and curious with each other and ourselves. It's time for your mind to scream less and for you to screw more. I'm Rachel Wright, a non-monogamous queer psychotherapist and your host. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 20 of The Right Conversations. Today, we are having a conversation with someone who I just adore. She makes me cackle and pee my pants. And I really respect the way that she shows up in the world. Her name is Erica Spera. And today we are going to have a conversation about being a comedian as a woman and dating with herpes, amongst other things that I'm sure will come up. Erica, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, I also forgot to mention that you host a wonderful podcast called Shooters Gotta Shoot. Um, will you just tell everybody about you in addition to kind of the, the bullet points I just gave? Um, yeah, uh, I'm a single woman in New York City. I'm 31 years old. I've lived in New York for nine years now. And uh, I've been doing comedy the whole time. So and then halfway through my time in New York, what was I here for? I was 25 was when I got herpes. And for many years, I didn't tell anyone about it. Only a very, very few close friends of mine knew. Uh, And I kind of lived in the dark about it for a long time. And I really struggled with it much more when I was in the dark about it. So I kind of slowly started telling more of my friends and being more open about it. And then decided to start a podcast uh, where I kind of came out about having it in the early episodes. because I kind of was just like, I'd rather rip this Band-Aid off and <laughs> just, yeah. I yeah. don't know, just be open about it. Because it, I don't know, I looked at it as one of those things. I was like, yeah, it feels bad when people find out, but it feels better if I tell people myself. Right. So I kind of wanted to just control my own narrative per se. Uh, and yeah, so since being public about it, it's been an interesting ride. I've been fortunate. Can you to- talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, well, the number one thing when people get it that come to me and just, you know, kind of tell me their secret, it's very, most people go, I have never told anyone. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, I'm like, well, there are people you know that have this. You think you don't, but I'm like, there are many people that you'll know personally that also have this thing, but people just don't talk about it publicly, even amongst their very, very close friends. Um, And so when I first publicly came out about it, I got so many messages from people that were like people that were in my life at one point that I almost forgot about. Like some girl I played softball with when I was seven on a team one season. Wow. Like like things like that where you're like, oh, I know you, but I don't know you closely. Yeah. And then in addition to that, people that were closer to me sent messages to me being like, hey, I also have this. And I think that's really cool that you're talking about it. And essentially said, I've been through a lot of the same stuff you have. So 
that's yeah i'm like i feel like i keep going on tangents but um, no no it's super helpful i think you know it's one of these topics that like it's it is one of the most common things that is not talked about at the frequency that it is diagnosed and had exactly it's right like for how many people have it we don't talk about it enough yeah we really you don't at all and that's why there's also such a stigma to it i believe is because yeah, yeah. everybody doesn't thinks they don't know anyone that has it and then the right. minute someone close to them has it it makes them go oh i guess this is a common thing or i guess it's normal right. is specifically the word people use because they're like oh i assumed it was you know people that aren't like me that have this thing mm. or do this thing mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. So yeah, really becoming public about it was just, what was nice was it kind of brought to light that there were people I knew that also had it, but they just weren't public oh. about it. And you and you kind of know it because I went to this like um, support group for it for a while. It was just all women. And just that first meeting when I walked in and like saw all these women and literally thought to myself like, oh, here's 12 other women that are just like me, not only with just that they have herpes, but like how they are as people of, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It also was destigmatizing it in my mind where I was like, oh, all these women I relate to and like would be friends with in real life and connect with are also going through this thing with herpes. So what has been something I want to know, like the, there's obviously a lot of in between, between the positive and the negative and like the encouraging and the challenging, but I would love to hear like some of the wins or things that you feel very positively about in terms of whether it's your growth or a relationship or your sex life, whatever that may be around the positive aspects of sharing this. And then just anything that you have encountered that maybe is not as pleasant. And I want to name that not because I want to like harp on yeah. the fact that there are shitty people out there, but I think that it's important to name for people who may have just gotten the diagnosis or or had someone that they're dating come to them and say, hey, I just want you to know I have this and not knowing how to respond and not knowing what to do because of that lack of education that we get around yeah. it. Um, okay, so that's a few different parts. Uh, I'll actually yeah, start sorry. with the... No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> You're prepared. Uh, I'll actually start with, because this is an interesting question a lot of people don't ask, is people that don't have herpes, if someone discloses it to them, what should they say? What should they do? Yeah. Uh, because with anything, when people are opening up to you about something just very personal, personal or vulnerable, uh, we're often in our heads of like, am I reacting correctly to this yes. news? So essentially, if someone discloses to you that they have herpes, whether, you know, it be some people, they, they'll call cold source herpes, which are correct. Uh, so there's different forms. Um, first of all, just say thank you. Thank you for telling me uh, because most people that have it have been in situations where we didn't feel comfortable telling people. Yeah. So first of all, just thank them. Uh, and some questions that maybe you'd want to know that are not invasive to ask would be, oh, how long have you had it for? Um, do you take medication? Uh, have you found, you know, if there's any triggers that cause an outbreak? Um, mm -hmm. And these might seem like too inquisitive of questions, but really it's actually showing you're educated on the subject. Uh, and then I would just throw in something that's like, yeah, I, I'm aware that a lot of people have it. 
Um, and you can openly say like, no one has personally disclosed to me and I appreciate you telling me that. Uh, and yeah, but those are really the big things. It's like most people that have it, that know they have it, have it under control and know yeah. how to treat it. So it's more than fair to be like, oh, okay, how long have you had this? You know, do you take medication? Um, and essentially, you're not wrong to also ask, have you ever given it to somebody? Because that's something yes. I usually offer in my spiel is because people assume, oh, if I sleep with someone that has herpes, I'm going to get I'm going to get it. Yeah. So what yeah. is your, would you share your spiel? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's usually pretty much the same, whether it's I'm going to just say hook up with somebody or I've been dating somebody and then disclose to them. Of uh, My big thing is I don't tell people like right before we're about to have sex, if that makes sense. Uh, I've had a couple of those when I first was diagnosed that I, it was like I needed to be backed into a corner a bit to make myself yeah. <clears throat> have that conversation like yeah. in a bedroom, clothes are coming off. And I was like, Ooh, okay. This is, you know, pressure's on. Uh, <laughs> and it's also, I call it, um, boner brain is like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like everybody in that moment has boner brain. Right. And both men, women, whoever you date, it's like, it, it's a bit unfair to spring something kind of serious when someone's brain is turned on. Yes. Uh, it can be. Thank you for saying this. Yeah. Like it, it just, it can be a little jarring, but also it's confusing. And I haven't had this, but my friends that have herpes have had a situation where they like tell someone it's in the heat of the moment. You know, the guy was like, Oh yeah, that's fine. But then after sex was suddenly having like regrets and doubting their decision. And, and that feels way worse than someone just being like, Oh, I don't know if I want to sleep with you yet. Yeah. Uh, because you're sitting there like I gave the information. It's like, yeah, but you know, in those moments, we're all not the best judge judges of character. Uh, I kind of compare it to, I don't know there's many things you can compare it to, but I can almost say like with cheating, people are always like, what do you mean you just let this happen? And it's like, I mean, your brain gets in this turned on mode and you want what you want that you're not right. really fully thinking through, uh, you know, the right. options. It's like a hyperfixation. Yes, exactly. But um, yeah, so the spiel. I, uh, I typically just say something like, uh, hey, like, you know, I'm really enjoying, I guess this spiel is more if I'm dating someone. Uh, I was just kind of like, hey, like, you know, I'm having a great time. I'm really enjoying, you know, going out with you. Uh, I, there is something I should let you know because I feel like we're kind of moving towards we might get physical soon. Of I do have HSV-1, a.k.a. cold sores, a.k.a. herpes. And I say it's really not a big deal. I've had it for five years now. I've never given it to anyone. And I take medication uh, to also help not transmit it to other people. Uh, I'm not sure if you have ever had someone tell you that they had herpes or if you, what you know about it or what you don't, but you know, you have a right to know uh, before things go any farther. And if you have questions, feel free. You can ask me questions. I'm open about it. Uh, but also I think most people sometimes feel comfortable talking to their doctor. So if you'd rather talk to them about it, I totally get it. But you just have the right to know before things get farther because the person that gave it to me didn't disclose to me. 
Mm-hmm. And I kind of just leave it at that and see what they say. Um, I love that. It's like, hey, this these are the facts. Also, here are other facts such as I manage it with medication. Yep. I have never given it to anybody else, which both are very peace of mind things. Yeah. And then you're giving them the space to, they may respond in the moment with like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I took like a sexual health workshop. And like, I know that 60 something percent of people have this. It doesn't bother me at all. Thank right. you so much for telling me. Or they may say like, oh, I, you know, maybe they have like a, a pre-existing health condition and they feel a little nervous. And so they just want to like run it by their doctor before. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it sounds like you really give them the space to have both. Yeah. Yeah. I'd make it like, I'm open if you want to ask me questions, but I have found most success. in when I've been seeing someone, they just check in with their doctor quick, but they're like, Hey, this person has herpes. And immediately doctors are like, yeah, everybody has herpes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, like everybody has it. And also they're like, yeah, you're not going to get it. Uh, specifically yeah. because I know I have it. You're more likely to get it from someone who doesn't know that they have Correct. it. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's so funny you say that. I was at the doctor's not too long ago getting like my regular STI panel. And I happened to get like a new person, it, like my normal mm-hmm. person wasn't in. And she was like, so I just want to let you know that herpes is not on the standard STI panel. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, you clearly don't know what I do for work. I do yeah. know this, um, which was, you know, fine. I was glad that she said that because a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. Um, that's my other, and- that's my other thing. I always say on every podcast. So like, yeah, really? <laughs> I'm like, it's not in your routine testing and people are like, what yeah. do you mean? I'm like, it's just not, if they don't take yeah. blood, then it's not on there for sure. Right. And even if they do like, the, especially HSV one, I think people don't understand, you know, I have had, I've been on dates with people where they have had an active cold sore on their mouth. Yep. And I've said things like, Oh, is that a cold sore? Like very, not, of course, non-judgmentally, just yeah. like very curious, lovingly empathetic, whatever. And they're like, Oh yeah, I've been getting these since I was like, you know, five years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, Totally. So what do you do to manage your herpes? And they're like, no, 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 I don't have herpes. Yeah. And that's I'm like, always mm, what it is. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. You, you do. I don't want to like turn our date into a diagnostic assessment. But like, yeah. A cold sore is definitely herpes. Right. And, and it's, I know people feel jarring with it. And it's like, I kind of look at those people and I'm like, oh no, you just, you got the good PR. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you got the good PR of herpes. That's what you got. But like literally, specifically the type I have, is exactly the same thing as cold sores. Uh, But then that's not knocking people that have HSV2. It's like, yes, HSV2, I would say the same thing. I'd say, hey, I have HSV2, aka cold sores, aka herpes. And especially a lot of, you know, a lot of doctors, it's like, listen, they go through a lot of stuff in medical school, okay? They're not going to go into detail on every unit unless they're specialized, right? So it's like when they learn it in a lot of textbooks, it says oral herpes and... um, and what's genital, genital herpes. herpes. Yes. So, but like they learn HSV one as oral herpes. And right. so I've had many doctors be confused. They're like, why do you need a Valtrex prescription for oral herpes? And I go, I have it on my vagina. I was like, right. so I take it if I'm going to start sleeping with somebody. I was like, I don't take yes. it every day always, but, um, but they're so confused a lot of times. And they're very, yeah, like, oh, and that's well. a big myth too. Like people mm-hmm. don't realize that HSV one can occur anywhere and HSV2 can occur anywhere. Yep. It's just simply a different strain of HSV. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's always interesting because I've had people that, you know, then like message me and they have technically had it for years, but they just never were told it. And a lot of doctors also will see HSV-1 on a panel and go, oh, it's just cold sores and not disclose that to somebody. Oh my God. And part of it is because they know it really takes a mental toll on a person. Yeah. That and the it, stigma and it, is actually worse than the... Yeah, the, than your health diagnosis. Yeah, yeah So exactly. it makes them be like, mm, yeah, almost like they would rather not know. And I don't disagree with that because I went through like a depression after getting diagnosed and had like a really right. rough year, uh, as most, as a lot of people do when they first get it, um, that I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't blame the doctor. Uh, or also, this is even crazier to me. I've been with people that knew I had herpes and then they would go to their doctor, whatever, next time they went to get tested and they would ask, they'd be like, well, I've been with someone that has herpes. So I'd like to, you know, be tested for that and see if I have it. And I, they've had doctors be like, I mean, they're like, you don't have any outbreaks. So like, you're fine. Oh yeah. And are- they're like, but I would like yeah. to know, apparently it could be asymptomatic. And they're like, they kind of look at them and they go, I mean, wouldn't you rather not know? Yeah. And not yeah. have like this burden of having to tell people essentially. Right. Right. So have you ever had anyone react just like, I don't know why this popped into my head, but like, I'm imagining some like outrageous reaction, almost like to the extreme of like an SNL skit. Like has someone Uh, just ever been awful? I've never had anyone be like awful in person. And actually, no, I've had it six years now. I had one person have a bad reaction the whole time. And it was partly due to we like messed around a little bit, but we didn't have sex, but like clothes were kind of off. Right. Mm-hmm, like in a very intense mm-hmm. makeout session, one night. And I remember him wanting to like do more. And I was like, Oh, not yet. Because I was like, ah, I haven't told this guy and I don't really want to tell him right now. And this weird heat of things. Right. So essentially though, I did tell him like about my podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's not usually my move to tell people, but I'm kind of like, yeah, they can look it up and figure it out before I even tell him. And I don't really care because I'm at that point of like, whatever. Right. I'm an open book. Uh, and also I found I, I date men and most men don't read anything. So like, I've had them look up my <laughs> podcast and not read the description and just be like, oh yeah, it's cool. I listened to episode and it was an episode I didn't mention herpes. And so they have no idea. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had, and this is during, oof, this is during 2020 times like that summer when you finally were like, I like went on, you know, outside dates and whatnot. So it was someone yeah, I went on yeah, a couple yeah, dates yeah. with. And uh, that blissful time when the vaccine felt like a catch all and cure all and we were invincible humans. Right. Yeah. Well, so yeah. this guy, I suddenly get a text from him of um, he like went to a wedding and he was like, oh, he's like, I've been feeling kind of sick. I think I might have COVID. Um you know, I might've got it at this wedding, but I don't know. Cause I saw him like the day before he was going to the wedding. And this was when like tests were rare. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'll go like get a test and make sure I'm okay. And you know, let me know like when you get a test, if you're all right. Uh, so I like, you know, wait in line for like whatever hour and a half, get my test, da, 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 get the results. And I follow up and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, I got my results. I'm okay. I'm in the clear. Uh, you know, let me know yours and how are you feeling? Whatever. Um, cause I was like into this guy and yeah. I don't hear anything and it's a scary time of it's actually before we're vaccinated. So you're like, okay. Oh fuck. Yeah. You're like, all right. Um, so I sent a follow-up just like, Hey man, did you get those results? 
And then all of a sudden he sent this like really long, nasty message to me that he was like, uh, you had herpes and didn't tell me. And he's like, how's it feel to have your health at risk? Um, like this big, long thing. He said, shame on you. You should be ashamed of yourself that you didn't tell me, blah, blah, blah. Like just freaked out. And it was truly like all the worst things I had ever thought like, oh God, what if someone says this to me? Right. Or and the coming truth, out of that. Ugh. Yeah. But the truth is in the moment when it happened, I was like, I laughed. Like I was like, holy mm -hmm. shit, dude. Like, first mm -hmm. of all, chill out. I was like, second, I was like, you clearly researched this. Not at all. Because I was like, yeah. we didn't have sex. You're fine. Like I was like, there was no yeah. contact like that, that you would get it. Uh, and also I was like, oh, you're a very spiteful person. Yeah. You, you think I was doing some terrible thing to you, didn't talk to me about it. And so try to get back at me by making me think I had a COVID scare. Like that was your punishment was making Whoa. me like, like, and also during that time, it would be, you know, that? yeah. Like it was like, okay, so I had to like be isolated in my room and not see any of my friends or anything. Okay. Um, and so not only send this really long message, especially the, you should be ashamed of yourself. Shame on you. I literally was like, who fucking talks to people like that? First of all. Yeah. And also yeah. I was but like, buddy, I've already been through the shame of this. Okay. <laughs> you're not, yeah. You're this like, is, been there. Process I, that. Not yeah. going to come from you, my friend. I, yeah. I've already felt severe shame and I don't feel yeah. shame in this situation. Uh, yeah. Sorry, not yeah. sorry. Um, but yeah, I just was like, I kind of just laughed and I was like, what? And I immediately went to answer and I just was like, hey, I go, first of all, I was like, I didn't put you at risk of getting it. I was like, you should look up. And I gave, <laughs> I think, a link to a resource and something else. But immediately I responded immediately. And I even said, I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you. Maybe I should have told you, right? To make people feel validated in their feelings. Uh, but immediately he blocked me after sending that message. My messages didn't go through. And I was like, oh, yeah, you really are just like, I don't know, a piece of shit, really, that I was like, oh, you're a very, you just wanted to come at me and attack me. And it wasn't, it wasn't even to get an apology. It was just to attack me and try to make me feel terrible. So I was like, all right. But like, and, you know, I hope people that have herpes listening to this, this doesn't make them terrified, but. Yeah, no, like, no, no. But that's why I wanted to share the story is like, I, I think that sometimes our brains can come up with let me rewind. There's a, there's a technique in therapy when we're mm -hmm. dealing with anxiety where a therapist will ask the client, what is the worst case that happens here? Right. And oftentimes the feeling in our body, like the somatic feeling of the worst case is actually so much worse than the actual worst case. Right. That naming the worst case, or in this case, hearing someone else's worst experience is like, oh, okay, that sounds shitty. Like, mm -hmm don't want to go through that. And that is nowhere near the fear that I was feeling and the anxiety that I was feeling about a potential interaction. And right. so like, if that's what we're talking about is the worst case, like, yeah, that may sting and that may suck. And I may not feel good for a couple of days, but like I could get through that. Yeah. Yeah. And truly God, I'm like, I, I should like <laughs> maybe go through my sexual history and tally up the numbers of how many people I've disclosed to per se. But like, I mean, even the people that essentially didn't sleep with me, I have never really had a bad reaction other than that one. And that wasn't someone that I told myself. So they found out, you yeah. know, through another medium and felt like I was hiding something or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, the only other one, I guess I would say like hurt, but it wasn't necessarily a bad reaction was 
someone that I, you know, matched with online was like talking to. And one of those rare occasions you're like, oh, we're just like clicking right away. Like mm-hmm. just chat, 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 like moved to text was like, oh, so I was very like, oh, I'm like really excited to go on this date, which I rarely feel from online specifically because it takes a while to connect. Yeah. And then he started following me on Instagram and I posted something about like the herpes group that I run, you know, not thinking or whatever. Cause I'm like, well, I run sure. this group. It's my life. Um, and then suddenly I got a text from him like a few days later, kind of being like, Hey, uh, I don't mean this to be intrusive, but, um, do you have herpes? And I was like, Oh, I was like, did you see something on my Instagram? Cause I was like, Oh, I am public about it. And he was like, yeah. And I just, you know, gave him my little spiel. I was like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but we were like supposed to go out. And, you know, he was just like, oh, yeah, I appreciate you telling me, you know, I think that's cool that you're open about it, whatnot. And I kind of just ended the conversation with being like, yeah, so, you know, if you still want to go out, like, let me know. And even then I wasn't being like, okay, so Tuesday, right? Like, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to push this guy. He might be, this might be a reason he doesn't want to go out. Um, Mm -hmm. And essentially that turned out to be true of we never went out. Uh, But he would still, there was like once or twice, he still like reached out and we would talk. And I'm a very like, yeah, I don't want a pen pal situation, uh, especially like in something like that, that I'm like, look, man, this feels worse that you're kind of trying to make this decision when you haven't even met me. That I was like, yeah, just, you know, going to date and get to know me. We might just not like each other. And this herpes thing isn't even (laughs) an issue, you know, and then it won't matter anyway. Mm, Right. Exactly. But it's like, essentially, he made the decision not to go out with me and not even debate you know, dating someone that has herpes. But that also like, it, it hurt a bit of just like, I was bummed of like, oh, I was excited to meet this person. But yeah. I just kept telling myself, I was like, this man didn't even, wasn't even willing to meet you because yeah. of this thing. Even though yeah. there was like a connection. And I was like, all right, yeah, that's pretty close-minded, you know? Uh, so in terms of, cause you're a brilliant comedian and you have a wonderful podcast. Oh, thank you. How has which you've been on, by the way? Can we play that? Yes. There's two episodes with you that are great. Yeah. So episode (laughs) episode 89 and episode 145, which has had you recently, and you were on with one of your partners, which was great. um, Yeah, that that was fun. It was very fun. But yeah, definitely. Really fun. If you want to check out my pod, check out Rachel's episodes. Those are two great ones to start with. Yeah, that's true. You have so it's just a great podcast. (laughs) Um, I really love it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you think, I want to like bridge the gap here between you being so open about your herpes diagnosis. Cause like, I really relate, you know, this about me, Erica, and probably everybody listening is like, yes, Rachel, we know. Um, (laughs) I live pretty publicly. And like, I think that part of how we get rid of shame and stigma is doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering how you have bridged empowering yourself with that herpes diagnosis into both your podcast hosting career and your career as a comedian? Um, well, in both, both cases, like whether you're, you know, podcasting and talking to people, especially about dating and relationships and things that are personal, uh, you know, similar to comedy is like comedy is more of a personal thing unless you're, you know, super, super ops, obs- observant, but even comedians that are observant, you can tell what their focus is in life based on like what the, they're talking about. Right. Uh, but in both cases, it truly was something that like in general, I was never really a vulnerable person with a lot of people. And that was probably the part of relationships I struggled with the most, like specifically, mm. um, 
like I think a common example for women uh, or men is crying in front of people. Mm-hmm. And in general, I'm not a big crier, uh, but I really for a very long time was like, oh, I am not crying in front of anyone. Like even to this day, there's not many people who have seen me cry, but it was a big like never let them see you cry kind of mentality um, that honestly I think came from, I have a very heavy sports background. Like I played college basketball and just, that was always like what I was involved in was sports every season at school and travel basketball and all that stuff. And sports really trains you to keep your emotions in check, but it also kind of trains you to mute them because it's like when you're playing a game, when you're really focused, it's like if your emotions get to your head, you won't perform as well. So it's like a mental toughness that has helped me in so many parts of my life, specifically with like jobs, work, like, you know, I was never like the crying girl at work or whatever. And not that that's a bad thing, but like, you know, it's like showing up when you do don't have the mental energy that you don't want to. Yeah. 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 Uh, kind of thing. Um, but basically it's like, as much as that helped me in so many parts of my life, I feel like it really hurt me in relationships because mm. I, and it was partly of hiding emotions and not, you know, ever feeling like I could ever really be upset about something. Um, you know, being the classic, uh, chill girl, as we call it, you know, mm-hmm. the, like I'm mm-hmm. the cool chill girl. And even in those moments, I didn't feel chill. I was so good at acting like I was. Um, so then getting herpes kind of was this thing that was like, it was making me be very vulnerable with people very early, like much earlier than I would ever be or ever had been with anyone, uh, both with like friendships or interviewing people on my podcast, uh, but also just in my life. And it was so weird of like dating someone. And I remember it wasn't, had, it didn't have anything to do with herpes, but obviously that came up early and that kind of opens the store of vulnerability. And then he was the only person I ever dated that like, there were a few different times I like cried in front of him about something and had, it was nothing to do even with the relationship, you know, like one was about a a family friend, you know, lost her husband. And I like was talking to him about it. I just started crying. And then oddly, like soon after that, he said something to me of like, Oh, I really liked how you opened up to me the other day. Mm. And I was like, what? Like in my head, I was like, what is he talking about? I'm like, Oh, and I cried. And I even felt weird if I was like, but that wasn't even a personal thing about me. It was a personal thing about someone else. But, but it, it was, was your experience of someone else. Right. But it was like, I think just seeing me yeah. in this light that was like, yeah. oh, you're not always this put together, like kind of tough person. Not that I'm not sweet in relationships, but like I've had many guys be like, yeah, it's just like you're very, I can't get a read on you sometimes situation mm. or like everything's always good or you're always calm and collected. And I've had partners now later be like, I feel like I can't freak out because you never freak out. Interesting. So it sounds vibe. like it sounds like the herpes diagnosis and disclosures and all of it has actually opened you up to more emotional vulnerability in general. Yeah, definitely. Like it's what a gift. Like if anything, I was I know, but if anything, I was kind of <laughs> mad at first. I was like, oh man, I gotta get like vulnerable soon uh, with yeah. people. Which truly, it's You're like, like fuck this. I was doing great. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's uh, but honestly, it's it's very interesting. Of it has come up even on like a couple first dates of something near the topic comes up, and I'm just like, I'm in such a fuck it mode with telling people that I'm like, I've brought it up on a first date and been like, oh yeah, well, you know, I actually have herpes and you know, da da da. But interesting, like when I ever bring it up, whether it's a first date, third date, someone I'm into, someone I'm not into, whatever, 
that's always when suddenly they will be like open about something to you in return. Yes. And it, it weirdly is this thing that they're almost just like, oh, this person's not going to judge me because they've been judged. Yes. Which at the end of the day, it's like, we've all been judged for whatever. But it's a yeah. very specific like, oh, they just basically gave me, you know, the hammer to hit them with if I wanted to. Yes. Like that's Ugh. the real vulnerability part is being like, oh, I just, I just gave you the thing that you could say shit about and get under my skin and really upset me and like attack me with. Uh, yeah. That is always like, ooh, yeah. Letting people know those things is like, that's, it's scary in a way because I think most people have had someone throw something in their face that was like, oh, that's a personal thing about me that I disclosed to you. Yeah. Situation. Totally. But, totally. Oh, so good. Okay. So one last thing before we wrap up, if anybody is out there listening, I'm going to ask you two like advice questions. Okay, sure. If anyone is out there listening that a wants to enter into the world of entertainment and being a comedian, mm-hmm. I would love to hear your advice for them. Okay. And then B, if anybody is sitting here out here listening, like I have herpes, I feel scared. I feel shame. I feel freaked out around what this could mean, what would your advice for them be? So part one, part two. Okay. Uh, does it mind what order I answer these in? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. I was like, since we're on the herpes, let me just do the herpes one first. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the first thing I say to anybody that gets diagnosed is you are definitely not alone. And I advise you to talk to somebody about it, whether you want to have a therapist, that it's a private, someone that doesn't know you, or find who's really close that you trust in your life that you could disclose this to and just vent about it a little bit. Because I lived very much in the dark for a very long time and it ate at me so much. Like not having a couple people I could just reach out to and and talk about something of the subject, right? Uh, And with that also, there are a few different, if you search like on Meetup specifically, uh, there are a few different like herpes support groups and a bunch are now virtual with the world, you know, shutting down with COVID. The bright side is like it made my group virtual and now people can join from all over. Um, But that really, really helped me personally was finding other people that had it as great as my supportive friends were. If they didn't have it, there were things they just didn't understand. So finding other people that have it really, really helped me. So that's the number one piece of advice I give to people. Got to talk to somebody. And if you could find some type of group or other person that has it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, And thank you. Yeah, no problem. And the shame and everything, all of it comes from having to tell somebody. Right. And, and I felt that fear of like, before I even went on a date with someone, I was already like, Oh my God, how am I going to tell them I have herpes? Yep. And then I was started finally going on dates again and going on a date that I was just not into the other person weirdly made me feel so relaxed and calm about herpes if I was like, oh, I was worried about this thing and it's never even going to come up. Like (laughs) you don't even think of that part of like, okay, what if you go on the date and you just don't like them? You're like, oh, I was so worried about herpes and we're not even near that part. Uh, But really the thing I tell people, like I even give myself this pep talk before I tell someone is like, okay, you're telling them they have herpes. I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> uh, sorry. Woo. You're, you're telling them that you have herpes because you want to have sex with them. And that yeah. is a very cool thing. 
Like yes. that's the mentality you should try to tell yourself is like, yes. this is, this is good news in a way, because I'm saying I would like to have sex with you. Like when it's just a hookup thing, I straight up go, listen, I really want to fuck you, but there's something I just have to tell you first. And then I tell them the thing, but yeah. it's like, it's this positive thing that you should really think to yourself. Like, you know, I date men. So I'm kind of like, I mean, this means you are probably going to get your dick sucked, you know, and that's, <laughs> and that's exciting. Like that's, and you're welcome for that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the, the message of me telling you herpes is like, I mean, your dick's going to see the light, you know? So. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I love that reframe. I love that reframe. Yeah. And, uh, Ella Dawson's a great herpes writer. Uh, she helped me get that mind frame. She's like, it's, it's a positive thing. It's like, I, I want to have sex with you. That's, that's a flattering thing to say to anyone, you yeah. know, not to mention um, the fact that you're showing what, that you have a basic human decency respect. Yeah. Like, because there are a lot of people out there who are, um, who kind of tote around this, like, do you, don't you have to disclose like, kind of like what we were talking about with the doctors. Like if the right. doctor's not going to tell you, then like, is it on the person who has it to just like, there's a lot of debate around that. And I think that by saying it, you're telling this other person, whether it's a one night stand or someone that you would like to date, you're like, I have enough respect for you as a human being to give you all of the information, including the fact that I want to fuck you or suck your dick. And right. here's, here's the little bit of information that that comes with. Like that's informed consent. Yeah, exactly. And, and to be fully honest, there were a few people I have slept with that I did not disclose. And it was a yeah. long time ago and it was, you know, in those first two years that I had it. And essentially, I don't, I'm not proud of that. But most people that have herpes have opened up to me of being like, I slept with this person. I didn't tell them. Yeah. I've heard that from almost everyone I know. Right. And yeah, at least and the, once. And the thing is, people that don't have herpes are very like, that's fucked up. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, you've never been in my shoes. Like, yeah. you don't know the shame and all the stuff that I've been through. And like I said, I'm not saying it's right, but it's like, Ooh, I know that feeling to be there. Where you're like, I just want to feel normal. I don't want to deal with yeah. this thing. I don't want to deal with another rejection and basically all that shame and stuff. Um, yep. but yeah, it's like, uh, that's the thing I like try to stress with people is like, we often worry about it before it even comes up and it's easier said than done. But that's why I also encourage people. I'm like, yeah, go on some dates. Go on, go on a couple dates. There'll be some people you don't like and you realize, oh, I'm so worried about this conversation and I haven't even met this person yet. Yep. Yeah. It like stops folks from even getting on apps. And it's like, you don't even know if there's anyone on the app you're going to want to talk to on the app, let alone. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, and this is something I've had people say to me of like, I've had someone once be like, oh, don't worry. You'll, you'll, you'll eventually find someone else that has herpes. They're like, it's oh, so common. No. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Just because I have it doesn't mean I have to date someone else that has it. Like, yeah, no. And, and I no. know many people that have it and they'll talk to me and they'll say, oh, I only use, you know, I think it's called Positive Singles, the dating app that is for people with herpes. And I've heard people have positive experiences with that site. And I've heard a lot of people have negative experiences. It's a dating website. It's going to happen. But like it breaks my heart that people will be like, no, I'm only going to put myself in this pool. Because yeah. I'm like, actually. Yeah, it's so limiting. Right. But I understand their fear. They're like, I just do not want to have this disclosure conversation. Yeah. And I'm like stubborn where I'm like, fucking watch out world. I'll get a non-herpes person yeah. <laughs> just to show y'all it's fine. You know? Uh, yep. Yep, and, uh, exactly. But uh, yeah, I know when people say that, I'm like, that's 
I'm like, that'd be like if I said I had diabetes and you were like, well, don't worry, you'll find someone else with diabetes. I've seen the stats. Right. It's common. You guys can, you know, do insulin together. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, oh God. It's such a weird thing. But uh, um, okay, yeah, so I advice hope that's for good people. advice. Yeah, no, that was super, super helpful. To have it. Um, you're not alone. Uh, and then yeah, comedy entertainment. So the fun thing about comedy is it always changes. So how I started was I essentially started going to open mics, uh, which is kind of terrifying of you go up and you are just trying jokes to the crowd. And the crowd is usually other comedians that are trying jokes, but some areas of the country, open mics are more, um, I don't know the correct word for this, but like, it's like, there'll be musicians, there'll be someone doing poetry, like uh, kind of more variety, right? Depends on what scene you're in. So I started in New York City, has a big comedy scene. So I would go to comedy open mics that were just comedians. And there'd be like, you know, 20, sometimes 30 comedians there. And you only go up for like a couple minutes to try your jokes. Uh, that's essentially how I learned and got started. Cause it's very like, okay, well you can write jokes all you want, but you need to, you know, try them on an audience and see if they work. Granted open mics are the toughest crowd, but obviously with social media, everything always changes that now it's like, I don't think it matters so much where you start where back in the day it would be like, okay, you got to get to, you should try to get to a city, like even a smaller city, like Boston, Chicago, mm -hmm. New York, LA, like those were kind of maybe the top four. Atlanta is another one, uh, five that have like really pretty good, strong <clears throat> comedy scenes, basically areas that have like a couple good comedy clubs or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But now the weird beauty with, social media and like specifically TikTok and stuff is there have been people now that are, you know, selling out theaters that I'm like, they never even lived in a city and did comedy in a city. They started doing comedy wow. wherever they were. They filmed their shows. They put out clips. They got fans. Uh, but I still say people, if they really, really want to do it, try to be somewhere that you have a lot of opportunities to get on stage because that is how you get better is you have to be performing in front of crowds. So if you want to start small somewhere, if you're, you know, wherever you have the means to live, essentially start there, mm -hmm. really get your feet wet. Be like, okay, do I really love doing this? Uh, and then wherever you move and go, I'd say, try to get on stage as much as you can watch comedy shows as much as you can and just meet other comedians. Uh, that's really kind of the basis of getting started. It's a, it's very much, it's very much like sports where it's like, yeah, it's not a sometimes thing. It's a, it's like an everyday thing that you really really have to work on it and and basically build up your skills so i love that thank you for tactical advice while also <laughs> being like emotionally attuned thanks like truly it's it's a combination that like it's hard to strike um mm -hmm. a lot of our brains kind of either work one way or the other and it's it's really beautiful to hear how you have really pushed yourself to have both. Thanks. Yeah. It's a, well, it's a grind. I've done it many years <laughs> and it's, and I'm at the point now it's like, okay, I don't have to do the get on stage, you know, try to get on stage every day or, you know, only take yeah. one night off a week. And, and yeah. now I have other projects I work on, but it's like, yeah, to really, to really figure out, do you like the comedian being on stage comedian and performing is you have to perform and get on stage. And many people get yeah. into the world and then they pivot. 
they I've had people pivot to more acting where they're like, yeah, I really like performing. I don't really want to write jokes. I just want to perform. Right. And then other people get into the writing. They get picked up for a writing job yeah. and they're like, oh, this is better money than traveling and doing stand up all the time. And they realize I really like the writing game. And now they're super successful writers and producing shows. Okay. So that's the beauty of entertainment is there's many different ways you can go. So yeah. but you got to you got to bite the bullet and try the thing. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Oh, Erica, thank you so, so much. Where can people find you and support your work? Um, so if you want to listen to my podcast, uh, it's called Shooters Gotta Shoot. And you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're also on YouTube if you're more into watching. One of your episodes is on YouTube, Rachel, if you guys want to watch Rachel. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Sperica, which is S-P-E-R-I-C-A-A on pretty much all platforms. Uh, and yeah, so oh, I usually fabulous. post there where I'm going, traveling, all that stuff. So Amazing. I hope to catch a live show of yours now that travel oh, is more yeah. accessible. Thank you. Oh, wait, and Herpes Group. If you search on Meetup oh, yeah. or if you go to my Instagram, the link is in my bio to join the Meetup group. It's private, but also a lot of people are worried about joining something that's online. You can email me. It's, the email is herpesgroupnyc at gmail.com. Uh, it says NYC, but it's we're virtual now, so anybody can join. So Beautiful. Oh, Erica, thank you so, so, so much. And uh, I will talk to you soon, my dear. Yes, thank you for having me. That's all for today, you sexy folks. What questions came to mind as you were listening? Continue the conversation with me over on Instagram at the right underscore Rachel. And don't forget, please leave a rating and a review so that we can continue erasing shame and stigma together. 